Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse, but I offered at a satsang a free meditation program and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kaya Ikade Haya Namaste Chitsaratmane Heta Veja Gatameva Samsara Navasetave Prabhave Saiva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshvara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmahi Shri Gurave Namaha Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own essence, your own isness, your own shivaness, the one reality being you, while being all. Again and again I bow. Om Svarupa Svasva Bhava Namo Namaha. You're in the holidays, holy days. This is such a sweet and sacred time at the end of the year. For Americans, we have more than a month of sacred space between our four-day Thanksgiving celebration through Hanukkah, Christmas, and New Year's. Such a sweet and sacred time. Tis the season. Everyone is in a holiday frame of mind, but I'd like to reframe your mind frame. You see, the word holiday comes from the word holy day. Its origin is the old English haligdik, which means holy day. In the 14th century, the word meant both religious festival and day of exemption 
from labor and recreation. By the 16th century, it began to mean merely a day off from work. It probably relates to England's breakaway from the Catholic Church, leading to the progressive secularization of society. The current definition is that holiday means a day of festivity or recreation when no work is done. What happened to holy days? Well, we're in them now. This is such a sweet and sacred time at the end of the year. For Americans, we have more than a month of sacred space between our four-day Thanksgiving celebration through Hanukkah, Christmas, and New Year's. My short list of events actually leaves out a few of the holy days that are less well-known, but holy nonetheless. Additionally, there are holy days throughout the year, depending on your upbringing and your background. I was familiar with different types of holy days from growing up in the USA. We had school holidays for political events, for historical events, and for religious events. In America, we have 11 legal holidays every year. I was really surprised when I went to India for the first time. This was before ATMs. We traveled with cash, and we were required to deposit it in the local bank for safekeeping. So if I wanted to go shopping or have a snack, I had to go to the bank first. However, the bank observed all legal holidays. In India, there are 84 national legal holidays, not 11. Plus, each area observes some local holidays as well. That's about two per week. It really cut back on my shopping and my snacking. They have lots of holidays. Most of them are, in fact, holy days chosen for their religious significance. Very few are due to history or political events. The West is more secularized. Still, many people celebrate different holy days based on their religion or heritage. For those with no religious or spiritual affiliations, they may feel that their birthday is a holy day, celebrating the day of their spirit's incarnation into human form. Still, most people have a feeling about Christmas, or perhaps at other times where ideally you get to stop the world and get off. It's not just the outer world that stops. The point of a holy day is that your inner world stops its usual whirling, and you enjoy some inner peace, even a sublime joy that arises from within. That's the reason that people reach out to God. For a yogi, reaching to God is an inward reach, turning your attention, turning your mind and heart to the sacred space inside, finding the divine dimension that is yoga's focus and yoga's specialty. The places where people do this become very special places, sacred space. Years ago, I looked for some other teachers to share the yoga studio I had created. I needed help paying the rent. One teacher wanted to lead a drumming circle. 
Another one wanted to hold overnight programs in the classroom, leading people in dream work. I said, yes. After the first event, I unlocked the door the next morning and was shocked by the vibe. That nice yoga vibe that I and my students had been laying in there for a year, well, it was gone. The energy was spacey, jumpy, ungrounded, scattered, and full of anxiety. I knew what to do. I did one of our rituals to install the energy back into the room and seal it in. But it wasn't thick and juicy like before. My part-time tenant was able to shatter a full year of yoga vibe in one evening. I didn't rent it out again. There's a feeling when you walk into a sacred space. It's the sacredness. You can tap into it and let it support you. You can even contribute to it by the practices you do, as well as the way you conduct yourself while you're there. Even your thoughts have an effect. This is also true at home. You've created the vibe in the place where you live. Is it a sacred space? You can make that happen, you know. Sacred places come about by three means. Geography, group activity, or by a saint. I have stood on sacred mountains, dipped into sacred waters, and been awed in other amazing and powerful locations. There are sacred mountains on every continent. And I have pilgrimage to some in the USA. But my favorite holy mountain is Tiruvannamalai, which is located in South India in Tamil Nadu. The ancient tales tell us that it is made of the ash from the column of fire that Shiva became in the story of the column of fire. I had been driving about four hours from Chennai when I drew close to Tiruvannamalai. There was a wisp of a cloud sitting on the top of the mountain, looking just like smoke. It is the only mountain in the area, a small mountain about 2,500 feet tall in a flat land. It commands your attention. It has a presence. It's hard to describe. I later found in one of the tourist shops, a photo of Tiruvannamalai Mountain with the wisp of the cloud on top. Even in a cloudless sky, even in the nine months of dry season every year, that cloud sits there often. I climbed partway up the side of the mountain and sat in a sheltered place to meditate. Only at the end of my meditation did I see that I was sitting in a fire pit that was clearly used by yogis in the area. What a great meditation seat. People have told me that the Sedona, Arizona area has energy vortices. I certainly know the sacred power of the Ganga River, having immersed myself in her energy in four of the holy cities along her path. Oh, and I love the southern tip of India, Kanyakumari, where three oceans come together. It's beautiful. More importantly, it's powerful and deeply nourishing. 
Yes, there is sacred geography. Oh, another one. I visited a desert ashram in the California desert. It was an unplanned visit. I was on a long drive on a quiet afternoon, and there was a sign for an ashram. So I drove in, but no one was there. There were a few buildings with signs and some trails with signs, so I followed the one that said sanctuary. It led not to a building, but to a flat open space with lots of low-growing shrubs, desert shrubs. And there was one tree casting shade over about a third of the space. As I walked into the area, it was clearly a holy site. The air was different. The sound was like the sound of silence. There were no pews, no altar, no religious symbols. There was just a feeling. I sat on the desert floor and chanted Sri Guru Gita to offer something back. When I left, I was full of peace, just what the afternoon drive was all about. How can you tell you're in a sacred place? You feel different. It has an effect on you, which is what makes it valuable. Everything you do is so that it will affect you. Placing yourself in a sacred space has an effect on you. Sattvic happiness. Baba spoke of the power of sacred sites, saying that pilgrimages are as valuable as praying to God or gods and goddesses, and as valuable as mantras. But he said the most sacred pilgrimage is to find the sacredness of your own body and being. He wrote, don't consider your body to be just a mound of flesh formed of the seven elements, when it is not solely a place for gratification of the senses, your own body is something wonderful. He's directing you to look within. Even better, He empowered us to track the arising of the meditative energy, Kundalini, and spoke of her as the holiest of all sacred rivers, carrying you to the ocean of consciousness within. The most powerful and holy work is the inner work. Ah, but I'm a yogi, so of course I'm going to say that. Lovers of God want to find him or her outside. So you can travel to some sacred sites. But then the problem is that you have to go home. You will be changed by your pilgrimage, but you're going home to a site that may not yet be so sacred. Fortunately, people can get together and create a sacred site. That's what happens when they build a church or temple. An ordinary piece of land is purchased by a group that does some fundraising, and then they build a building according to the guidelines of their tradition. Then they get together and hold a ceremony to dedicate the place. Afterwards, you can feel the vibe. I have visited churches and temples of different religions in many sites around the world. I've always loved God. 
So I wanted to see God in his and her many forms. I love Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. Not only the sanctuary, but the grounds are wonderfully sacred. The current building is the second one. The first one was destroyed in the 1906 earthquake. This one was completed in 1934, so it's had some time to soak up the vibes. All those church services, the organs, the choirs, the two labyrinths, one inside and one outside. It is a place that has been made sacred by people who have chosen to do this work for themselves and for others. And I am the beneficiary. I willingly ride on their coattails. A tiny Shiva temple stands out in my experience of sacred sites. It's built into the walls of a stone fort in a desert area of Rajasthan, India. A desert fort built on a craggy hillside with really thick, deep walls. And a small temple carved into one of the walls like an alcove or niche. The room is too small to stand up in. The inside is four or five feet square with a black stone shivalinga inside, the mounded stone that holds the whole of infinity within it. Only one person fits inside. I waited outside while someone was in there, and they lingered for a while. They came out, and I slipped off my shoes and stepped inside. There, on the north side, at the mouth of the yoni, the supporting stone, I placed my feet in the depressions worn into the stone by thousands before me. I squatted down and bowed my head, feeling the antiquity of the place and the eternality of the one embodied in stone. I lingered in the time and timelessness of it a sweet juxtaposition between dimensions. I knew someone was waiting outside, but I couldn't bring myself to move for quite a while. And even now, I feel I'm still there. This is the power of a sacred site. You can feel it. It makes an inner change, which is an opening to the divine within. I visited a site that was holy to the indigenous peoples in a valley in New Mexico. When the Spanish conquistadores went in, they built a Catholic church on the site, totally preempting it. But the energy was still there. Now that energy poured into their church rituals. About 50 years ago, they decided to honor the history of the site, which actually predated Christianity. They built a lean-to on the side of the church. It was a little like a museum with artifacts from the native peoples who had worshipped there before. I sat on a bench in the lean-to for a while, and I could discern the difference between the sacred energies. There in the lean-to, there was the energy of the earth, a hearty earthy mother energy, very loving, quite literally coming from the earth upward. 
Then I went back into the church. That earthy energy was subterranean, under the floor, covered over. But there, the focus was more on light, like the light coming through the stained glass windows and the candles on the altars. Both were there, but they were different. It was a sacred site for multiple reasons. One was geography, the site itself. The other was what people had installed in the building they placed on the earth, which was already sacred. Sacred sites can be built. They can be constructed and consecrated by people who make a choice to create something sacred. Isn't that amazing? So powerful and so freeing. You can create whatever you want with your time and energies, with your efforts, and by coming together with others, you can create a sacred space. What you do in the space determines what vibe it will hold. You have freedom of choice and the power to make it so. Earlier I said that sacred places come about by three means. We've looked at two of them geography, and group activity. What's the third one? By a saint. Every tradition has those who may honor. Some religions call them saints. Others just say they're a good person or a holy being. Maybe they are called a lover of God, deeply devoted, or one of great dedication. In yoga, we call them siddhas, perfected ones, also called masters. Wherever such a master lives or teaches, such a place is saturated by their presence and blessing. No ceremonies are required. No special location or type of architecture. It is the holy person's presence that overflows into the space. It even gets soaked up by the walls and the floor. I have a small piece of marble from my Baba's courtyard in his Ganesh Puri Ashram. I sat in that courtyard with him every day for almost a year. Sometime later, they needed to replace the flooring, and I was given a piece of the marble. Yes, it holds Baba Shakti. It's got a vibe. In the years since my sitting with Baba, I've visited the homes and holy sites of many saints. One of the first was a modern saint, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. It was a strange yet delightful experience for me. I left Ganeshpuri, where I'd been sitting in Nityananda's temple, his Samadhi shrine, a big meditation hall with marble floors where his physical remains are interred under a marble slab. Flowers and candles adorn it. I went to Calcutta and visited the home convent for the missionaries of charity. Mother Teresa had left her body earlier that year. So I followed the informational signs into a big room with a marble floor where she is interred under a marble slab. It was covered with candles and flowers. And the room was filled with her love and presence. 
a different quality than in Nityananda's shrine, divine and yet different from each other. I have meditated with Navritinath Maharaj in his shrine in Triambakeshwar in India. He was the older brother and guru of Nyaneshwar Maharaj, both of them great siddhas in the 13th century. Sitting with Nivriti was like becoming a mountain. Like the steadiness, the stillness, the rock-solid constancy of pure awareness. The choiceful attentiveness that stretches beyond time. And people feel that vibe here, here and in our Swami house, Shivaloka. I had a landscape contractor come to look at a job we needed done. He rang the doorbell, stepped into our entry hall and stopped short. He looked around at the sacred art on the walls and he just stood there looking up at the ceiling. And then he said, this place, is it like, Zen or something? He could feel it. It's the feeling. I have been fortunate to sit in so many sacred places, in so many shrines, to soak up the blessings of so many great beings. But the best was when I sat with Muktana. To be in his living, breathing presence was to become truly alive, enlivened and made whole in a way that I would never have dreamed possible. The only limitation I encountered was my own limited ability to surrender. I could only allow so much melting, so much inner expansion at a time. It's like I was a rosebud that should blossom in a week but it took me decades. Yes, I was a slow learner. And that meant I had to sit with Baba for a long time. Wherever he was, it became a sacred site, simply because the holiness emanated out of him and saturated everything around. People, buildings, floors, Even his dogs carried his shakti. It was glorious. (sighs) And it still is. For his presence has never diminished. After he left his body, at first I didn't know how to find him. I was so used to looking outside. So I began to travel. I visited the pilgrimage sites I've told you about, as well as many others. I thank Baba for these many experiences, for they helped me understand what I had when I was with him. And they helped me find the inner access that was the only thing I'd ever wanted and the only thing he ever taught. Oh, Baba. He was a site of pilgrimage all by himself. Yet he always focused our attention back onto us. He said, 
Your house will become Kashi, a place of pilgrimage. Your work, a daily ritual. Your friends, gods and goddesses. Your meals, sacred offerings. Everything that you do will become worship of the Supreme Self in due course of time. You will attain the final fruit. You will become merged in chitti, merged in consciousness. It's about you. It's about who you are within your own skin. About how you live and what you pursue. It's about the vibe you give off. Is it one of need, greed, and fear? Or is it one of deep presence and peace? Your own home can be a sacred place. A sacred place is wherever people notice that quality or feeling that we call sacred. The key is your own state, which is a matter of your own choice. All you really need to do is choose your own self. You are yourself a sacred space. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namah.